Teaching Ministry of Pastor Taiwo Udukoya, the Senior Pastor of the Founding of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you're about to hear will no doubt shapen your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. It was the service that said that, but amazingly, over the years, over the centuries, over generations, it is still reverberating in the heart of every living soul that has come to know God as the covenant keeping God. And today, we are no different. It's a good day. Glory be to God in the highest. It's the day God has made, our Father has made, and indeed, we are glad and we are rejoicing in it. And just quickly to remind us again, you know, this is a month of glorious grace. And of course, our scripture for meditation all through the month. If you've not been doing it, please start to do it. It's very important. It's Ephesians in chapter 1 verse 6. It says, so we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out, hallelujah, on us who belong to him. He's poured out his glorious grace on us. And that's why everything about us just have to be glorious. Hallelujah. We give him praise. We give him honor. We worship his holy name in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory be to God in the highest. Father, take all the glory. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Today, I want to talk on the beautiful gate. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The last time I came to share with us, we were looking on the goodness of the Lord and how good our God is and honest. Our God is altogether good. Hallelujah. Today we want to talk about the beautiful gate. Oh, hallelujah. We give him praise. We give him honor. And for our scriptures, I want us to turn to the book of Acts in chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. We read the first 10 verses. Acts chapter 3. I read. It says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the night hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who enter the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something, hallelujah, <laughs> from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk, hallelujah. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them. Glory be to God in the highest. Walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Glory be to God in the highest. They knew that it was him who sat begging arms at the beautiful gate of the temple and they were filled with wonder and amazement 
at what had happened to him. Father, we give you praise. Father, we give you honor. We worship you. We bless you. We thank you because indeed the entrance of your word gives life. And it makes the simple wise. Father, we know today we are not living the way we have come in the name of Jesus. Every encounter with you leaves your blessing. Every encounter with you improves us. So today, we know we are in for a good time. Let your name be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory be to God in the highest. Like I said, I tag this, the beautiful gate. Glory be to God in the highest. Thank God for the word. The Bible says the entrance of his word gives life. So I know today in the name of Jesus that we are about to experience God in a different way. I expect life. Hallelujah. He says it makes it simple wise. I expect wisdom. Hallelujah. Glory be to God in the highest. Now, the whole story began with Peter and John going up to the temple to pray. Glory be to God in the highest. And the Bible says, as they walked towards the temple, the Bible says they were about to enter. But then there was a certain man who was lame from birth, whom they carried on a daily basis to the gate of the temple to beg for arms. So that was his own routine. That was his life. They would place him there in the morning so he would need help to be placed there, beg for arms, and in the evening they would take him and take him back to where he abode. But on this occasion, he lifted up his eyes and saw two men walking into the temple. And then he reached out asking for arms. So Peter and John looked at him. Then Peter, fixing his eyes on him together with John, he said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something. Glory be to God in the highest. From them. Then Peter says, silver and gold I do not have, but such as I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Hallelujah. Was he trying to reason out what he was being told? Peter reached out his hand and yanked him up. The Bible said immediately, his feet and his ankle received strength. Then he began to jump. He began to leap. He began to shout. He began to praise God. Glory be to God in the highest. So what I'm saying is this. This whole incident began by two heading for prayers. Hallelujah. It's amazing. This makes a very strong impression on me. So the question is, they were yet to get to prayers. They were yet to start praying. And yet, something began to happen. Glory be to God in the highest. And so, the first impression I got is, our attitude towards God and towards prayers are very, very important. Our attitude is very, very important. So what do you think of 
when you are out to go to the house of God, or when you are out to enter into his presence, or when you are out to kneel in prayer before him, what are your immediate attitude or your last thinking, as it were, as you enter into his presence? Do you recognize that prayers is bringing you into his presence? What usually is your attitude? I am strongly impressed to say this today, that honestly, God minds your attitude than anything you do. They were here to pray. They were going for prayers. So their mindset was, we are going to pray. Their mindset was, we are going to meet with God. Their mindset was, we are going into his presence. And so whatever they were thinking, prepared them. They were prepared to pray. Glory be to God in the highest. Now I begin to understand that God usually will prefer a joyful heart in anything and everything that we do with him or we give to him. Glory be to God in the highest. No wonder he never likes murmuring, never likes grumbling. Because God is good. God is love. God, honestly, is fun. Glory be to God in the highest. And that's why a lot of praises, a lot of thanksgiving, a lot of worship defines his presence. Remember Psalm 100? It says, enter into his gates with what? Praises. It's caused with thanksgiving. Come on. So you don't come into the presence of God morose. No. You don't come into his presence angry. Oh, you can be angry with the devil, but now you are entering God's presence. You better drop that anger there and welcome cheerfully the presence of God. Glory be to God in the highest. Now, I was just thinking, everything really looks so good until you tell the brethren, it's fasting time. <laughs> or you tell the brethren, it's a prayer week. At that point, someone like, mm. And that explains why a church of 4,000, 3,000, 2,000 will scarcely gather 200 people to pray. You know why? From the onset, attitudes are wrong. So whether it's coming to prayers, whether it is fasting, whether it is giving, God loves a cheerful giver. I can say categorically that there was an excitement going into his presence. They knew what they were up to. And that's why all we're looking at today and most of what we'll be discussing today happened just before prayers. Glory be to God in the highest. <laughs> I just give him praise. I give him honor. So, simply put, they were prepared to pray. So the story, it was circumstantial, seemingly. And they did what they have been taught to do. They did what they were not getting used to doing. They looked at him. And the amazing thing is this, watch this. The Bible said the man was begging for money. Peter and John had no money. And yet they were driven with compassion to give attention. The question is this, as a Christian, how much of your activities, how much of your actions are governed by compassion? They turned and they said, silver and gold we don't have. They knew what he was expecting. 
But somehow they had something more. Permit me to say here that money is good, but there's always something superior to money. The fear of God. Compassion. Forgiveness. Long-suffering. There are many things stronger than money. There are many things that will bring about money that money cannot bring about. Now, I'm not denying the fact that money is a defense. No, 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 no. The Bible says so. So do we need money? Oh, definitely. Glory be to God in the highest. Without money, you won't be hearing me right now. It takes money to record. It takes money to transmit. It takes money to have us sit comfortably in an environment like this. So, no, I'm not putting down money as it were. No, it's okay. God has given it to us for a blessing. And in the name of Jesus, you will never lack it. But see, they didn't have money. But they had something more than money. I remember a song we used to sing in those days. Say something more than gold. Something more than gold. The spirit of God in the heart of man is something more than gold. <laughs> yes, they had something. So Peter and John turned to him and they said, Look on us. And he did. He gave them attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said to him, Silver and gold we don't have, but such as I have. I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Hallelujah. He never had that before. He was wondering what was happening. You're not giving me money. So, what are you giving me? He was like, Walk? That's more than money. I've never done that before in my life. While he was still thinking, before reasoning, we wrote faith completely. Peter reached out his hand and yanked him up. Say, Rise and walk. Oh my goodness. He walked, he jumped. The Bible says he received strength immediately. Glory be to God in the highest. Now, watch this. If this can happen before entering his presence, you can now begin to imagine what happens in his presence. Glory be to God in the highest. And what gives me most joy is the fact that after that incident, they, Peter and John, together with the lame man, walked through the beautiful... <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So call this an incident of the beautiful gate. Or an incident at the beautiful gate. But I want to put it this way. It is always beautiful at the beautiful gate. Why? Because it leads into a beautiful place. Glory be to God in the highest. I give God all the glory. I give him all the honor. I give him adoration. I worship him. I adore him. I magnify his name. Glory be to God in the highest. Father, we worship you. Father, we adore you. Now, we can now talk a little bit more on prayers. Can you imagine if Peter and John decided that we've always gone to prayers after all. So I'm not going today. For no cogent reason. That man probably will never have been healed. Peter and John would have never come to a place where an exploit of their lifetime will be established. I'm still saying the time has come for you and I to change our attitude towards prayers. We take it with so much levity. We take things for granted. And yet, God is always very eager 
to bless you. But always he likes to see some level of commitment from you. There's nothing God cannot do. But God will never force the will of man. That's why the Bible says if you are willing and obedient, the good of the land is yours. Always yours. I want to believe God that in the name of Jesus, we are receiving grace today for the right attitude towards his presence. The right attitude towards prayers. So when the church calls, let us come. Let us come. So I want to stress now the importance of routine. The Bible says they were going for prayers. Now it was the tradition that the Jew will go to prayers three times in a day. The third hour, the sixth hour, the ninth hour. We find examples all through the Old Testament. The book of Daniel. Daniel prayed three times every day. Sometimes, yeah, it becomes legalistic, as it were. But there's a reason for the instruction. For the person who approaches God in faith, it is never legalistic. Jesus himself said that on every first day of the week, come together. The Bible says, do not forsake the assemblies of yourselves together. So there are some routines that appeal to destiny. They were going for prayers. Let me remind you again quickly. Before you say that was Old Testament. What about Paul and Silas? In Philippi, the writer of Acts, Dr. Luke, he said, Acts 16, 16. He says, now it happened. As we went to prayer, that a certain slave girl. Now you see, it begins to be clearer to me that the period of going to prayer comes with a mindset. It is what you anticipate as you go to prayer or before getting to prayers that you get. Your mindset is important to God. You say, so was Paul and Silas anticipating trouble? Oh, Paul was a man of many troubles. They always knew that God would deliver. So did you know this was coming? He probably didn't know. But was he expecting, oh, he has opposition everywhere. Was he expecting, oh, God always saw him through, so he always went with the mindset of, I'm going to be victorious in Jesus' name. And so what happened, happened. Fine, they were beaten. <laughs> Fine, they were thrown into jail. Mm. Fine, their feet were put in stocks. Mm. But had these things not happened, the miracle of the rattling of the jail and the freedom and the breaking of the chains and the doors flinging open and the jailer giving his life to his entire household will never have happened. Come on. Don't joke with prayers. So again, I'm stressing as it were the consistency of prayer. It may sound routine. It may look routine. But it's never routine with God. Don't joke with prayers. That's why as an individual, you must have a time when you yourself meet with God. God likes routine when it comes to prayers. They say it's routine. So he does, no, 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 no. The routine that is routine, living by faith, is never, never wasted. It's always meaningful. It's never meaningless. And you know the way the life of Daniel turned out to be? 
He continues to speak from eternity past into eternity future. We're not told that he was a priest, although from the priestly heritage. The same thing with the three Hebrew children. They kept him company with Daniel. And there were many that were taken into Babylon. Do you know the name of any other one other than the four of them? But I'm saying to you today that, look, the routine of your life, which is based on scripture, will see you through in the name of Jesus. I'm saying to you today that I see coming a day when not just the earth that will celebrate you, heaven will celebrate you in the name of Jesus. He says God is not unfaithful to forget your works and your labor of love which you have shown towards his own. When we gather together, iron sharpens iron. Your coming may be the example, may be the motivation, as it were, for someone who struggled to come. Your testimony may become the inspiration for another person that will be present that day. Pastor, what do you say about the virtual? Thank God for the virtual era. But what I realize is this. They say, I'm joining virtually. I'm joining virtually until when they don't join anymore. The devil is sought to you, know. When you leave to attend, you leave everything because for this next to us, I'm there. I'm in his presence. But when you are doing it virtually, then there's this, oh, let me just quickly attend to that while this is going on. Oh, let me just quickly attend to it when this is going on. And half of the time, you are not there. And half of the time you are there, you are thinking of something else to meet up with. And after a while, it's not important anymore to come. I can quote one or two or three or four people, but no, no, I won't do that. I kept telling them, I said, no, no, no. I said, come on, come on. You're pulling back. They didn't believe. Today, I'm praying for them. They will come back in Jesus' name. So there is something about routine. Prayer should be regular. Prayer is the life of the believer. Jesus said it in Luke chapter 18 verse 1. Men ought always to pray and not faint. And that's why we cannot afford not to pray. Someone says that just as air is to physical life, says such is prayer to spiritual life. I cannot argue otherwise. It is. Because honestly, prayer is fellowship. Fellowshiping with God. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, you have a relationship. I know you are a son in the house. Oh, glory be to God in the highest. But the prodigal son was a son. May thank God he didn't die as a prodigal son. The strength of relationship, as often said, is fellowship. Prayer is fellowship. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he said, pray without ceasing. Now, the tradition of the Jews was such that Oh, pray three times. And thereafter, there's a broad spectrum of you no know, freelance prayers. Then there's the night watch. But in the New Testament, you don't need to be told when to pray. Make it your lifestyle. Be excited with prayers. And as strong as individual prayers are, remember, do not forsake the assemblies of God's children together. I give God the glory. So here again, we find Importunity in prayers being established. We find consistency in prayer being stressed. 
It may look like it's making no meaning to you. One day, it will be your beautiful gate experience. That's what the way it is. Remember the ten virgins? It was like it's now routine, man. But when they least expected, the bridegroom appeared. But those who kept at it, oh, I thank God for fountain. I know those who have been very lazy at prayers always have excuses. But I'll pray to God that your excuses will be minimal in the name of Jesus. That your priorities will be reset. So what used to be an excuse will cease to be an excuse in Jesus' name. I thank God for your life because I know God told me long before now. He said, we, you and I, are people that will obey. So I trust God that our prayer time is becoming more and more meaningful by the day in the name of Jesus. We can never overemphasize consistency in prayer. Even when it looks like you're losing out, you're losing it, you're losing it. Keep praying. Because God will never fail to meet you at the appointed time and at the appointed place. There is nothing ordinary routine when it involves God. And there is nothing meaningless when it involves God. Pray without ceasing. Get excited with prayers. He answers prayers. Glory be to God. They were just going to prayers, remember? When the miracle happened. And I give God the glory for it. I give him honor for it. Hallelujah. Somebody said, he said, prayer provides the repeated and continual contact with God, which we need to get to know him. It provides the repeated and continual contact with God, which we need to get to know him. No wonder they had a structure of going to prayer three times a day. <laughs> Hallelujah. We give God the glory. You know, I quoted Daniel. If you go back to look at that scripture in the book of Daniel, say, as his custom was. So it was through his custom that we saw the exploits that the world never saw before. That the world may never see again. Jesus came. The Bible said he would withdraw from time to time to go pray. And yet, he was God. He is God. He's still God. Can you imagine <laughs> if prayer was that important to him that he would always take time aside to pray, then can't you see that the secret is open and yet you are yet to fully grab it. I pray for grace for you. Even as I pray for myself, I pray grace of clear understanding in the name of Jesus. Your life still has a lot of exploits attached to it. A lot of blessings attached to it in the name of Jesus. I see glory of God all over you like never before. In the name of Jesus. So now, the Bible says of the man that was now up. Immediately was yanked up. Glory be to God in the highest. Let me go back and pick it from the Bible again. <laughs> Peter said, look at us. <laughs> And as he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them, then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Glory be to God in the highest. Now listen to me. You don't need to have everything. 
but do you have confidence in what you have? Do you have confidence in the source of what you have? That's very important. Because if you have confidence in the source of who you are and what you have, then there is nothing that can be denied you in the name of Jesus. Particularly what you need to fulfill your destiny on earth. I may not have money, but I know what I have. I don't know if you ever read a place in the Bible where Peter lacked. He learned it from Jesus. Or where John lacked. They learned it from Jesus. They got their priorities right. So they came to the beautiful gate. Now the beautiful gate, there were to be two going in, but there were three going in. But let me just quickly say something about the beautiful gate. That's the topic of my message. Why beautiful gate? I asked myself. And I got to look at it again. Say the gate that was called beautiful. Now there were many gates that led into the temple. But one of them was called the gate beautiful. So I tried to understand it. Why beautiful? Then I remember the scripture that says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11. It says, he has made all things beautiful in its time. Some people will write, in its time, I-T-S. Some will say, in his time, H-I-S. So I see them use his and his you know, interchangeably from translation to translation. But the good thing is that God makes all things beautiful in his time. So I'm looking at the word beautiful and I'm hearing in his time. So I looked at this in scripture in the Amplified and it reads, he has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. He has also planted eternity a sense of divine purpose in the human heart a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. Yet, man cannot find out, that is comprehend, grasp what God has done. His overall plan from the beginning to the end. Now, my emphasis is he has made everything beautiful and appropriate. Now, from that understanding, so when we say he's made everything beautiful, we are saying no matter how funny, no matter how seemingly impossible the thing may be, no matter how disturbing, no matter how skewed, God has made all things beautiful and appropriate for his time. Now, that doesn't mean that I should accept a situation that does not all go well for me. God will expect me to approach him in prayers. You got it. That's right. How? In prayers, in faith. Because it's just a live by faith. But the good thing about it is that there will come a time when there will be a change and a turnaround. To ever think that God doesn't hear prayers or God does not attend to prayers or that God does not answer prayers is to dishonor him. So I say again, 
Don't stop. Don't you ever give up. Your time is coming in the name of Jesus. He's made all things beautiful and appropriate. What you think is the negative is probably what God is going to use to make you or to become a celebration in your life. What you think is negative may now become the very thing that will be highly celebrated. Hallelujah. That's it. In your life. He is God. So if I look at it from this angle, I can say in the book of Acts that it came to the gate that makes all things appropriate in his time. Pastor, you cannot go and pick beautiful in the Old Testament and come and use it in the New Testament. I'll answer you in a minute. Still on this scripture, the complete Jewish Bible says, he has made everything suited to his time. He's made all things beautiful in his time. He's made all things appropriate in his time. He's made everything suited for its time. <laughs> you know, one thing I pray to God is this. I don't want a blessing that will be out of time. I don't want a misplaced blessing. I want an appropriate blessing. I want your blessing at a time when it is most useful to me and to humanity. I want your blessing at a time when it is most useful to me and bring most glory to your name. Hallelujah. Yeah, pastor. But beautiful is in the New Testament. Listen to this. I read an explanation, a commentary, and this man said of Acts chapter 3, the Greek adjective used to name the gate can be defined as, one, happening, coming at the right time, two, three, fair, lovely, four, ripeness. This is New Testament. This is Greek, not Hebrew. So what do you make of that? Since he was born, he's been blamed. Since he was born, he could not work. Since he was born, he had been at the mercy of people. Since he was born, he begged for arms. And people would come and go every year and in and out. He would see children grow until they got married and come with their families. And, yeah. But one day, <laughs> When it be most glorious for God, when it be most glorious for Him, ha, something happened. Indeed, it was a great appropriate. Indeed, it was a great suited for the moment. Indeed, it was a great beautiful. When a grown up man that never worked before jumped up and started walking. Can I say to somebody clearly? With God, nothing is impossible. And we have come to believe him. I will trust him for that. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Malachi said, I am God. I do not change. Glory be to God in the highest. And I'm declaring today, in the name of Jesus, no matter how horrible your situation may be, the time has come for you. I see beauty out of your ashes. Say, yes, give me beauty for ashes. Come on. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Hallelujah. The Bible says it happened. I'm saying to someone today, don't you ever lose hope. Don't give up. Don't compromise. Stay focused. It will happen in the name of Jesus. 
oh, what if it never happened? Glory be to God. Then let God know that I remain steadfast, believe in him. <laughs> it has his reward. <laughs> Glory be to God. In the, ooh, hallelujah. I see your life beautiful. Glory be to God in the highest. And then watch this. The Bible says three of them walked in. Now you may want to understand that it was their custom that the lame, the infirmed, are not allowed to get into the house. And probably that will explain why this man never went beyond the gate. But this day, by God's grace, this guy that had never gone beyond the gate walked, didn't just walk, leapt, didn't just leap, jumping, shouting, and praising God into the temple. Hallelujah. I declare in the name of Jesus, whatever has been the hindrance of your life, whatever today is a hindrance to you, I stand as an oracle of God in the name of Jesus. I say your breakthrough has come in the name of Jesus. So I looked at this. And I said, Gate Beautiful is the gate of supernatural breakthrough. <laughs> he entered. That day, he did what he had never been able to do before. Again, I want to say this to you. Because of the beauty of the Lord. Glory be to God in the highest. See what I'm saying? Why would the name it Beautiful Gate? Because it's the entrance into the beautiful place of God. It's the entrance to the beauty of the Lord. Remember the psalmist said, one thing have I desired, that will I seek after, no matter what is ranging around my life. said that I will dwell in the presence of the Lord and daily behold his beauty. Hallelujah. The Bible says, how beautiful upon the mountain are the feet of them that brings good tidings. Glory be to God. See, beautiful is an allusion to the presence of God. Hallelujah. He entered the presence of God. Glory be to God. And that's what I'm saying today. That that gates stood between him and that presence. But that day, he entered. You know why the gates is now called beautiful? Why the rest of the gates, about seven gates, around that were leading there, no one was called beautiful but this one. Why? It will allow this event to happen. God knew that this event will happen there. And so, his situation became suited for the occasion. The gate becomes dead for the occasion. I don't care how much ridicule you have gone through. The same place where you have been disgraced, the same place where you have been ridiculed, they will celebrate you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the beautiful gate. The beautiful gate. The beautiful gate. No wonder David will say, the Lord that I've kept at my right hand is always before me. I shall never be moved. Why? My situation is always beautiful said, in his presence, there's fullness of joy. In his right hands, there are pleasures forevermore. But what? This man had never had the privilege of entering. And so what does the gate do? One of the many, many benefits of gates is that they give access. This man got access. No one that Jesus said, I am the gate to the ship. <laughs> I'm saying to somebody today, if you think you have been ostracized, if you think you have been hindered, if you think you have been blocked in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I say, arise. And I say, go through. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 
You talk of being appropriate for the time. I'm saying what you think is a disgrace in your life is appropriate for your time of exhortation. You come to find out that it's appropriate for what God is doing. Everything God does on earth is for his glory. And the earlier we recognize that, the better for us. I call it the gate of new beginning. Hallelujah. What he had never done before, he started that day to do for the rest of his life. Hallelujah. I say to you in the name of Jesus, uh, I say everything that you have been denied from today in the name of Jesus is a new beginning for you. The Bible says if any man be in Christ is a new creation. Can you see the same concept? I see the Lord giving you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Giving you beauty for ashes in the name of Jesus. That's his ministry. Suffice to say that the beautiful gate was a place of encounter. Anytime you make up your mind to get into his presence, get ready for an encounter. I say, get ready for an encounter. That you are gathered here today, you will come back to give the testimony of the usual encounters that you have with the Lord in the name of Jesus. I see your life beautiful. I see your life great. I see your life incredibly celebrated in the name of Jesus. I want you to understand one last point I want to express by the grace of God. We are never told that the man praised God. He probably did. We are never told that the man rejoiced. He probably did. Maybe when he had some good collection, they were told that his first entrance into the temple <laughs> was with rejoicing, with praises, with thanksgiving, with shout of hallelujah. I'm sure the man will be singing as it were. Maybe in, in some other tune. I mean, my hallelujah belongs to him alone. Ah, my hallelujah belongs to him alone. Hallelujah. And people will be wondering what's wrong with this man. I'm sure the man will be singing. I'm the only one that understands why I'm jumping. I'm the only one that understands why I'm shouting. Why I'm leaping. You may think I'm eccentric. That's okay. But I know I'm not. And God knows I'm not. Look, there's a place for eccentric praise. In the name of Jesus. And I'm saying that from today, in the name of Jesus, your life will begin to manifest eccentric praise. Hallelujah. The praise that only God understands. Men will do invariably. The kind of praise that does not look at man's face to erupt. Hallelujah. And ladies and gentlemen, that's one thing I want to encourage you to look out for. There's so much in your future. He came in limping and jumping and shouting and they were wondering, strange, people don't do that here. Who cares what people do or don't do? I know what God has done for me. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And they saw Peter and John there. They didn't rebuke him. They were coming to pray. That prayer meeting that day took another dimension. Glory be to God in the highest. The Bible said there was so much noise right from before the gate, through the gate, that people gathered. God changed the program. Yet it was the prayers. Who says praise and worship is not prayers? That's when you see praise and worship as the highest form of prayer. God was present 
He was moving. Hallelujah. But amazingly, that was even before the call started. Don't forget, your heart is important. Your mindset. He said, God doesn't look at things the way we do. Man has a way of looking at the outside. God looks at the inside. Guess what happened? When they gathered, <laughs> that was when they recognized. They looked at him again. They couldn't put it together. Could this man jumping be the one that had always been there? That would be your testimony in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Ooh. That's what I've come to tell you today. God has generously poured out and gloriously poured out his grace upon us and we're unstoppable. I wonder who will stop that man that day. I wonder who could stop him thereafter. None. Hear me. No man, wonderful man, will stop you in the name of Jesus. Sir. Your praises to God. Your worship. It's a special offering to God. Hallelujah. Is this up there? The Bible said that Peter now got up when they began to look at him and the man was holding on to them and jumping and shouting. Isn't God wonderful? I would have expected naturally. A man would like, yeah. <laughs> Peter said, why are you looking at us as though it's by our own power? How many times do you hear that from the pulpit today? Why are you looking at us as though it's by our own power? How many times do you hear that? Let me read what Peter said. Verse 11. It says, now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter. He held on to Peter. He held on to John. People will hold on to us, ladies and gentlemen. The vessel through whom God, he is dealing out his power. His power they will hold on to us. But will you hold on to it? Or give the glory to God. Again, now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. Hallelujah. So when Peter saw it, when Peter saw it, when Peter saw an occasion for the flesh, he responded to the people. Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Why? Or why look so intently at us? As though by our own power or godliness, we had made this man work. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus. Did you hear that? He shifted it back to him immediately. The more he held on to him, and the more they all focus on him, the more he parried it back to Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you get it? It was an evening of unusual happenings. It was an evening of unusual encounter for the man, the lame man. An evening of unusual encounter for Peter and John. An evening of unusual encounter for over 2,000 people that were saved. The Bible says the number of believers became 5,000, as a matter of fact. So you can imagine the blessing to humanity, to a generation, and to generations 
that happened at the beautiful gate. It was one man's inadequacy. It was one man's struggle in life that God visited through Peter and John. How do you conclude? He is still visiting people. He will visit you in the name of Jesus. I assure you. How do you conclude? He will see strengthen what is lame and withered in the name of Jesus. How do you view this? He will still use it for his glory. So rejoice. The man continued to leap and to jump and to rejoice. Let nothing stop your joy. Let nothing stop your rejoicing. Faithful is he who has promised. Who himself always does it. Grace is poured out on you. Your life is an ever possible life. We give him glory. We give him honor. Let's worship him. Worship him. Worship him. Give him honor. Give him adoration. Exalt his holy name. Magnify his name. The God of all impossibilities. The God of miracles. The most compassionate God. The most merciful Father. We magnify your name. We bless you, Lord. We thank you for the brethren. We thank you for the brethren. We thank you for Nigeria. It may look impossible today, but we trust you. We are at our beautiful gate. And we know that your name will be glorified. Come and worship him. Worship him. Thank you for fountain. Can't you see the hand of God? In spite of all we've gone through, God is highly being glorified. God is highly motivated. Again, let me let you understand. It's not our ability. It is grace put out. I ask for grace to always recognize and design His grace. I ask for grace to always remember that if it has not been the Lord on our side, what will fountain say? We give Him praise. We give him honor. And that's our testimony in this country. What a beautiful day it is. Can't you see? What a beautiful time. Is it your marriage? What a beautiful marriage. Is it your health? What a beautiful time. It makes what is appropriate in this time. Hallelujah. Is it your finances? Glory be to God in the highest. We give him praise. Honor him. Magnify him. Exalt him. Come on, come on, help me, help me, help me. Praise him. Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. Woo, hallelujah. 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 Awesome God. We worship you. We receive grace. We receive grace. Of longing for your presence. We receive grace. Consistency in prayers. We receive grace. We receive grace. We receive grace. We worship you. We bless you. 
receive grace. Thank you for making us who you've made us. We are confident of who we are in you. Hallelujah. We give you praise. We give you praise. We worship you. We magnify you. Thank you. Glory. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Grace outpoured. Glorious grace. In your home. In your endeavors. In your health. In your life. Glorious grace. Can't you see your best moment is always ahead of you? In the name of Jesus, no matter how bad it has been. He's a beautiful God. He's an awesome God. The psalmist says that I will daily behold your beauty and make inquiries in your presence. We thank you for blessing us with such a grace at the Fountain of Life Church. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Amen and amen and amen and amen and amen and amen. Singing and shouting will never end in your life in the name of Jesus. Because yours is a daily encounter. And every encounter is taking you to another level. We worship you. We bless him. Father, take all the glory. Take all the glory. Thank you for that healing right now. Glory be to your name. Oh, yes. Thank you for that healing. Thank you for that turnaround in the name of Jesus. Thank you for that encouragement. Hallelujah. Thank you for the peace that is beyond human understanding. <laughs> Thank you for the lifting up in the lives of the people. Take all the glory. Take all the glory. Take all the glory. Take all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information and materials from Pastor Taiwo Odukoya, please contact us at the Founding of Life Church, 12 Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries of Town Planning Way in Lupeju, Lagos. P.O. Box 698, Shemolu, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you and God bless you.